Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So I had a pretty good Thanksgiving, you know, unlike a majority of Americans, according to Huffington Post, uh, we did talk about politics at our Thanksgiving. Probably not a surprise. <laughs> did you pull out charts? <laughs> I did not pull out charts. I was at the kids' table for most of it, which was good because when I walked into another room and I did hear politics, and I was like, you know, I'm going to go back to like, you know, don't stab your sister with a fork, which is also politics, <laughs> <laughs> but a different kind of politics, different kind of conflict resolution. Um, but there, there was some politics, but not too much politics. Well, I laughed because well, there there was no politics for Thanksgiving for me because it was me and my husband making dinner and then, you know, so, uh, some friends came over with their kids. And But what made me laugh was it was either on Thanksgiving Day or the day before uh, Patrick, my Echelon co-founder, tweeted, uh, going into Thanksgiving dinner trying to persuade people is actually the least effective thing you can do. What you should be doing is identifying your relatives who agree with you but are low propensity, like low turnout voters. And just so don't try to change anyone's mind. Just try to identify your like <laughs> apathetic <laughs> relatives who already agree with you and convince them that they should vote and care. And that is the easier thing to do. So he might have liked the uh, Republican <laughs> version of the global strategy group how to talk to your family at Thanksgiving dinner. Well, but he's of the mind that this whole like, oh, talk to your family and like switch, like change yeah. their mind. Like, oh, you actually think you like the Republican tax plan, but really you don't. Like, don't engage in that. Instead, find someone who already kind of agrees with you. They just sort of don't care and like tell them you should care. Yeah. That's, which there is sound political science behind right. <laughs> his recommendation. Or you so. just use it as a little time to just check out of it all, which is a little bit what we did, which was good, yes. which was a nice break. Um, but the news is all still here. We can stuff ourselves on polling about sexual harassment. That's basically all we got, the main thing we got today. What are, but there's one big cool news story, and we even have polling for that. What are the top lines? Uh, top lines are the patriarchy is crumbling, Marchie. <laughs> <laughs> the patriarchy is crumbling. What about the monarchy? What about uh, the monarchy? Oh, well, we'll, we'll get that. That's our poll of the week. The, yes. the patriarchy is crumbling. Get hype. Um, we have polling on Trump and Alabama. We have polling on millennials, and they want none of the above when it comes to politics. We'll end with some polling about cookies, but before we get there, we have our poll of the week. Like a hip hop mix. It's like some mix. Or you have two different songs. Do I have multiple songs playing right now? Yeah. Oh no, it's because the page six website is open. Me reading this Matt Lauer garbage. <laughs> Should we just leave that in the show? Kristen DJing. Whatever. Muting my computer. We're trying to play Royals by Lord. 
Yes. Because royals, that's what we want to talk about. That is the big news story. <laughs> We're just going to leave that in, aren't we? Yeah, no, Let's that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Megan, Megan McArdle. Is it Megan Merkel? How do you say her last name? Megan Markle? Uh, Megan Markle and Megan McArdle are not the same person. Is Megan McCar- I think they are both princesses, but they are different. <laughs> I feel like Megan McArdle was like played Annie. I don't know. Anyway. No, so- Megan McArdle is an amazing libertarian economics blogger. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> she is. She's not very <laughs> Prince Harry. <laughs> Someone help me. I don't, I'm not in touch enough with what the kids are about to. You know, I, I have to say, I did not know. I like barely, I sort of vaguely knew that Prince Harry was dating somebody. Like I kind of knew that. I had no idea who she was. I never, couldn't pick her out of a lineup. I'd never seen Suits. I don't know what Suits is about. I don't know anything. But I do know that of the royals, Prince Harry in his like, I don't care. I'm not part of this old fussy you know, family business, like that interests me. Have you, I don't, especially like when I had the revelation of being introduced to the, you know, theory that Prince Charles is not his dad and it's really this other guy, James Hewitt. I'm sure you've seen the photo. Oh, yes. But once you see the photo of him next to Hewitt, you can't unsee it. You're like, oh, that explains everything. I now have like this unifying theory of the entire royal family. So I I will spare you my extensive discussion of this topic. (laughs) And I will just say that if you are at all interested in this, I have done my once a quarter, I sit down with Mary Catherine Hamm and we talk about something really frivolous for an hour and put too much thought into it. Yes. We taped that today all and you about, about this. the royals and like I rank my top five European royals. Wow. Margie, you have got to get yourself no a idea. load of Queen Maxima of the Netherlands and her hats. I'm just saying. Hmm. European royals, they're cool. Uh, Crown Princess Mary of Denmark, she met the Crown Prince in a bar in Sydney during the 2000 Olympics and did not know he was a prince. She was just like a chick from Tasmania who met this guy in a bar, and then it turns out he's the Crown Prince of Denmark. Oh, that's something out of like a I mean, fairy tale. Huh? So we, so if you are a listener who cares about this stuff, go seek out that Federalist Radio Hour episode. But our brief dabbling in it now is the polling side of it, which is people poll. <laughs> UK adults on their <laughs> approval rating of various Why not? royals. And it seems, Margie, like the people of the United Kingdom agree with you that Harry is the best. <laughs> so Prince Harry... Not the best as much as like the most interesting. Well, like, he is the most popular. His approval rating is 74%. While the approval rating for uh, Kate, you know, Duchess of Cambridge, Kate... Hmm. is only under is just under two thirds. So like Harry just kills it. It's just that tension, that English tension between like, you know, do they want someone who's like pokes who follows the rules or, you know, sticks her finger in the eye of the establishment. You know, it's just that constant English tension, right? But the thing that I saw when I saw this story, this poll story that made me angry was its interpretation of the polling results because they just looked at favorability. They didn't look at the relationship between favorable and unfavorable and how well known some of these people were. So like Megan is she's not very popular. She only has, you know, 13 or 14 percent, whatever it is. Favorability, you know, th- she has a long way to go. And, you know, in this kind of her name ID is real low. Obviously, her name oh ID is gosh. low. And it, it, that's such a like deli- either you have no idea how to read a poll or you're deliberate or you just don't care. One or the other. Surely the people, it says here the poll is well-respected, that surely somebody from the polling, op- as it often happens when you release these polls, from the polling operation would look over your piece to say, this is correct, this is not correct. 
why wouldn't somebody say this is not a yeah, right they, interpretation? They interview the director of opinion research uh, from the, the company that did the poll. And his quote is, Meghan Markle may have low approval ratings compared to other royal spouses, such as the Duchess of Cambridge, but it's worth bearing in mind she's only recently begun to attend official engagements as Prince Harry's partner. Her relatively recent public appearances may account for the small uptick in her popularity. We are likely to see Meghan featured more prominently over the coming months, and this may correlate with a more positive public image. Do I you l- even name ID, bro? That is like... <laughs> I know, yes, right? Yes, that's how this works. Yeah, I know. It's also the very, like, uh, English, like, we have 30 more words in there than we need. I'm exasperated. <laughs> I'm exasperated. Anyway, so, yes, we we don't care what the polls say. The only poll that matters is what Kristen and I think about her favorability. And right on. You go, you go Megan. She's great. Super team Megan. I'm super team Megan. Yeah. And all these people who say, oh, well, you're Americans. You shouldn't care about this. No. Mary Catherine's point is that we have the freedom to care about this with no consequences. And that's the beauty of our revolution. We don't have to care, but we're allowed to care. Ah. And I'm like, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't even need to have a special relationship to care. We can just care because it's interesting. And now there's American gal there. Remember this? We've come a long way since Wallace Simpson, right? And she's biracial, which just makes it so much more interesting and cool for the monarchy and for England. I think it's great. So way to go, Team Harry. You did something right. You had a rocky start in your youth. (laughs) Now you're crushing it. Yep. Yep. Uh Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates. So that was the one story this week that I feel like had 100% positive, happy vibes. Yeah. Uh, and then it's all downhill after as that. I, as, as you heard when I attempted to play <laughs> our song of the week and I had page six open, it's because four <laughs> seconds before we started taping this show, uh, all of the stories broke about Matt Lauer's misconduct. Garrison Keeler, awesome. That happened sometime today and I have... Not read anything. I feel like my computer's hacked because all it does is just tell me stories of sexual harassment. It's like, how do I get that off my Uh, computer? No, Margie, this is called the patriarchy is crumbling. Uh, That's what this is called. No, it is, man, every day. At first, it was like, wow, Harvey Weinstein should send Kevin Spacey a fruit basket for, you know, taking the heat off of him by having his. But now it's just like, yeah, Kevin who? No one, no one is, no one is pure. No one is pure. Um, so what do people have to say about this crazy moment? So there's a lot of polling out. There's polling about various incidents. There's polling about the topic writ large. There's polling about, you know, uh, comparing a variety of different people in the news, right? There's Franken polling. There's obviously lots of Roy Moore polling, which we'll talk about. All of these things are related as people try to make sense of it. And one thing that I found particularly interesting is this was from Huffington Post where they asked um, whether or not there was a party 
did you feel, do you feel Democrats have this more? Do you feel Republicans have this more? Is this more of a problem for Democrats or for Republicans? Cause obviously there's a political angle here. And certainly that's where the political coverage wants to go is the political angle, even though this is really far more than, than what's happening in any one member's office. Um, and well, but nonetheless, it, you see Democrats more likely to say that both parties have a problem, while Republicans say it's really just Democrats have a problem. And we've seen some of this before, like a party difference here. And obviously there are party differences on who you believe and who you find credible, whether that person is of your own party, whether you think they should resign. People see that through a partisan lens. You know, the people who think Franken should resign are Republicans. The people who think he shouldn't resign are Democrats. The people who – you know, are supportive of Roy Moore, are Republicans, the people who are not are Democrats. It, it's, you know, in, clearly people are judging these different incidents through their own viewpoint rather than the facts in that individual case or whatever nuance may exist in that case. Um, but there's also, though, an argument. I don't know the answer to this argument, which is, or question, which is, you know, do, are there groups of people who feel this is not really a problem? Are those people, you know, are there Republicans who think that, you know, this is just like a whole overblown issue? Why are we talking about this so much? And, and that adds to this while Democrats are like, holy cow, this is worse than we thought. Let's discuss it and, you know, really explore it and, and be self-reflective on it. I'm not trying to make our party out to be, you know, that, that we have all the answers, but it is obviously part of one of our core, you know, policy values before all this started to happen. So I don't know where this leaves us, but it's just an added troubling layer that it's when I see these incidents as a sign that this is not at all about party, men of all kinds of stripes, then, oh yeah, it's got nothing to do with party. And, you know, we are just hearing about the powerful ones. There are a zillion boring harassment stories that are not boring to the people involved, but they're not going to make it. They're not going to be, we're not going to get push alerts all day from them. They're not going to be hacking my computer to alert me all because they're just, you know, the harasser next door. And those people, that's all that transcends party. Well, one question that I have had asked in a handful of different TV settings and things over the last few days is like, okay, all of these stories are coming out. You have actors and producers and directors and media figures who have all come out and their careers are just like over as a, you know, Matt Lauer is done. Mark Halperin is done. Harvey Weinstein is done. Like all of these, Kevin Spacey is done. All these people, these things are coming out and it's their careers are over and no one in politics yet right is done because of this right john conyers is not resigned bill clinton is still bill clinton al franken is still al franken roy moore is as we are going to talk about quite likely to be elected to the united states senate like president of the united states is still the president of the united states is still president of the united states in politics like every other industry people are paying a price Yes. Although I should add, I should add, though, that Bill O'Reilly got to go back on Fox and, you know, tried to come back. I should add that Johnny Depp and Mel Gibson have movies out right That's now. That's true. And they are proven scumbags, you know? And, and I, when I, I, Patrick so th- All those guys there. may come back, you know? And, and like, okay, Ray Rice is now speaking at Liberty University's convocation. I, I cannot even begin right. to express my rage about that. Right. Uh, it would be language inappropriate for this podcast. But like just, I mean, the, so I, I shouldn't be so like, oh, n- only They may just be getting a timeout. They may, but, but it is, 
it is that who name me someone in politics who's really paid the price for their actions in this moment, and I'm I can't think of a name yet. Uh, and and so why is that? And I think part of it is like who is who is in the Matt Lauer party, or like if Matt Lauer goes down, like who benefits, right? Like for I think for most people, there's not like a sense that you have to be loyal to someone or that there's like a consequence to you if suddenly like. It's Willie Geist in the chair instead of Matt Lauer on the Today Show. Like, it doesn't, that's right. fr- frankly, awesome and That'd probably be, yeah. an upgrade, and th- that would be great. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but but in politics, Cameron Hall. That's who the ladies Cameron on the. Hall, that's yeah. who the ladies on the left are. So for. if so, but but in politics, you have a built-in team, right? Like, right, and even more so than like if a sports figure. It comes out as bad and you've at least got like fans of that team like imagine that fans of that team is actually an entire national political party right who also feels like well but if we punish this person then that actually gives the other side an advantage to so be like a sports team being like well i don't want to suspend this player because then we might lose some games but like on an even bigger scale and i i think that's why in politics we are seeing that even though you got lots of people who in this morning consult polling say they find more more people find allegations credible than not credible against Bill Clinton, Al Franken, Roy Moore, Bill O'Reilly, like across parties, you don't see the consequences or consequences happening as fast because, well, but they're but they're our guy to like right. some subset of people. Right, because they're trying to assimilate new information into their kind of baked-in view of that person. I, the challenge for Democrats that Republicans ha- seemingly have a little bit less of is you are trying to integrate views, uh, you know, behavior toward women with other views and behavior and policies toward women, right? So if you have Al Franken or Bill Clinton or Conyers or any other Democrat – you say, well, I have to integrate this new information into what I believe, which, you know, you, which I believe based on evidence in their voting record about their views toward women in, you know, in how they vote and what they stand for. For Republicans, and this is not, this is not my opinion. This is what the president says. This is what Republicans are saying. Well, you know, he may have done this, but here's what he's going to do on taxes. And that to me, that's where it becomes very, grading, which is you're not even saying, you're not even trying to integrate it into some views toward women. You're just like, no, I really actually don't care about the actions, views toward women. I really just care about taxes. And that to me is where this is going to be really problematic. What was interesting about the morning consult political poll is that you had you know, we looked at this party by gender because there's, the, you know, party and gender are obviously two big drivers here. And how do they interact? So we're not just looking at party. We're also looking at Republican women versus Republican men, et cetera. Um, and you had, it, particularly with Republicans, Republican women less able to say or less willing to say that they found accusations credible or not credible. They were more likely to say, I don't know. I don't have an opinion. And so – I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if that's based on, I don't know if that's based on their, you know, news information or they're waiting to hear or they're, you know, feel kind of icky about even having the conversation or they're just not, a, you know, they're, they're not seeing it through a partisan lens. They're trying to figure out what, you know, they're the conflict. I, I don't know the answer to that. It's, it's very, it's very troubling. I feel, 
isn't it a thing that just in polls in general, no matter what the topic is, you tend to see more women saying, I don't know, yeah. I have no opinion on questions? But these, some of these are high. Some of these are like 20-point differences. So. Sure, sure. Yes. But yes, I mean, that's – but it also seems like it's more on the Republican side than on the Democratic side. Yes. I mean, the difference here between like what do Republican men and Republican women think about – Al Franken, like Republican men are actually like, yeah, he should resign from the Senate where like a third of Republican women are like, I don't know about this, which I thought was was fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, it doesn't it makes sense to me that you would see women being a little more like, I don't really know, in part because not having anything to do with the topic, but right. just women are more likely to be like. I have a nuanced view on this instead yeah. of guys who are more like, yeah, yeah, I have a view on this. No offense, guys. I don't mean that in an insulting way. I'm just, this is like a pattern I've seen in data yes, across like yes. a decade of doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I mean, so on, but on this question of like, do you find the accusations against a variety of different people credible? I was surprised at how maybe I'm, uh, maybe I should have expected uh, a smaller party divide than I did, but like, okay, Bill O'Reilly. 57 to 20 Democrats think credible versus not credible, but for Republicans, 39 to 27, which is not a huge gap, but right. it is like more say credible than not credible. Yeah. That, that those to me are not like, let's circle the wagons around our guy kind of numbers at all. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe it's because that's one's further down the road. I don't Roy know. Roy Moore, Republicans, 30% find it credible. 26% find it not credible. 44% say don't know, no opinion. But those numbers are pretty close. I mean, 43% of independents say don't know, no opinion on the Roy Moore question. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people who kind of go, I don't really know. But the partisan gaps among people who say they do know, like on Al Franken, there's no difference really between how Republicans and Democrats view the credibility right. of those right. accusations. So the difference is, you know, the credibility, you're having a smaller party gap than on what what should we do? What do we do about this now? Mm -hmm. Right. Where then it's very, you know, yes. that's where the partisan stuff uh, shows up very clearly. You know, the other thing, just particularly with Franken results, um, but it, in general, when you're looking at this, some of the Franken polling ha is a two-way. Should he resign? Should he not resign? Or, or don't know. And then the Minnesota, there was a Minnesota poll. That's a three-way. Should he resign? Should he wait for the ethics committee investigation? Which or, I think is such – what are they going to investigate? What has already – Anyways, well, you know, it's a, you know, it's a thing, right? Or should he wait for the investigation or should, or, uh, should he not resign? And then you get a different response. You're going to have fewer say resign in that situation than mm -hmm. you will in a two way. So just if you're comparing numbers out there, make sure you're keeping in mind how it's being asked because it makes a little bit of a difference. Um, you know, it's just also those it, often when we, there's a question like, should there be an investigation? You know, people are always like, sure. That's a great, like, that's yeah, a great idea. Point. Yeah. Everyone's in favor of an investigation, <laughs> seems like. Um, so was there anything before we go to more specifically? I feel like that may be all we've seen. It feels like quite a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's it's like four or five different polls. That's that's the big stuff. Um, the And so the Roy Moore stuff, you know, here you have 
an awful lot of Republicans saying that they're not sure nationally, that they're not sure if they believe or don't believe what's going on with Roy Moore. But the polls in Alabama suggest he's probably going to win this race. Yeah. Um, the, the polling numbers for him have bounced back since Thanksgiving, whether that is the story has now faded. And so people who were avoiding talking to pollsters feel less embarrassed, whether it's people's minds changing back I don't know the answer to that, but the the last three polls as of when we started recording um, had more up by, it says an average of two points, but the last two polls I'm showing show more plus six, more plus five. And Jones, the Democrat, is outspending more by quite a bit on air, and I think all the Republican establishment groups like the NRSC have pulled out of yes. advertising, so... You know, so in terms, so it's not a function of campaign spending or advertising, because in that respect, you have Democrats very much. This, I would not want to be the person who has to model what this electorate will look like. Well, that's the thing, right? And so all these polls, you know, a lot of them are from um, local news outlets, and some of them are IVR. Uh, one is IVR and online, so it's a supplement. You know, IVR is for landlines, and IVR, I'm assuming, is for cells. There's the JMC poll, which looks like it's just um, IVR. There's a there's another one that it's not totally clear that WBRC how that's done, but um, it, it's just something to keep in mind. It's not that mean. It doesn't mean that IVR. There's something wrong with IVR, but it it can skew older. You're if you're reaching people on landlines, that it's a hundred percent IVR survey, an auto robo survey. Um, Nate Cohn and others were sort of dissecting the age breaks and how one of the recent polls was skewed very old. It was over half seniors. And is that a sign that the poll is not good or is it a perfectly plausible model of what a runoff special would look like in December? I don't know. We don't know. That's the, that's the joy of this is we get to say. <laughs> We get to be very honest with our listeners that these are not things that are knowable in advance. And so when polls are reported on where it's like, ah, the polls say Moore's going to win by five. Like those of you listening to the show get that there is so much uncertainty baked into all of these things because all of these polls are based on assumptions of what the electorate will look like. And that at this point is a guess. Right. Because it, even if you were looking at, say, let's look at some of the, I think one of the polls here has their vote screen. They looked at people who voted in the 26th general election or the primary for the Senate. Okay. For the Senate seat. Right. So that's, you know, that's not a bad way to start. Although it's very big. You had to, have, you had to have voted in the 26th general election or the primary. So there are people who are, did not vote in 17. They could have just voted in 16 and really not have voted very much before then. Are they runoff? special December voters. I don't know. I mean, there are going to be a lot of people in that pool who may not be, you know, low, you know, voting in a low propensity election, voter voting election. On the other hand, this is so cuckoo and Alabama is not a state that determines the presidential election. Maybe you have people who are going to turn out for this election who maybe are not always necessarily activated to vote in a presidential anyway. And, you know, we don't know because it's hard, you know, you, you, you can take people's self, you know, self-report about how enthusiastic they are, how likely they are to vote. You're still just getting a good guess. You know, the one theory would be that 
Republicans would be not very interested in going to the polls if they are kind of grossed out by more and are they going to get out of, you know, disrupt their daily routine to go vote in the special for a guy who they don't really feel deserve it. Maybe they voted for strange or what have you. And you may have Democrats who say, this is the time. This is the moment I'm excited. Or maybe people are just going to revert to their usual vote propensity. Yep. Well, right now, the the other factor here is, you know, to what extent does the president get involved or not get involved? And, you know, he's been tweeting around the edges of this race, but then there are reports from his staff saying, no, he's not going to weigh in any further. Steve um, Bannon is going to campaign hmm. for more. So that's kind of like, a th- that's kind of a you, thing. You, you do that, Steve. You do that. Um, um, you know, I mean... I, I, can you make a parallel, a comparison to Virginia where, you know, Trump – I mean, obviously it's different because Virginia went for Clinton in 2016, Alabama did not. Oh, all these Trump people tried to take credit for Gillespie when they thought he was going to win. And the moment he lost, they said, oh, he wasn't Trumpy enough. And I just think that's garbage and I have written extensively and tweeted angrily on the topic. You don't get to say, oh, he's going to win because of Trump energy. And then when he loses, you say – Oh, he lost because he wasn't Trumpy enough. Right. You got to pick people. Well, right. And so when you do a, like, whatever he did, like a robo, he did like a robo call for Gillespie, but they never campaigned together and he sent out tweets, right? I don't know if he's doing, he may not even go that far for more, but if he's doing a little, but he's certainly, I mean, he and his staff are out there promoting more. So, you know, that you could say this is very similar in that you are not really committing to, this big candidate, like this important race. Similarly, you know, Virginia, you got the sense that Gillespie did not really want Trump's involvement. That's not really the sense you're getting for more. I'm sure more would be happy if Trump came and, you know, did something for him. Nonetheless, that like who, who is the least popular? Who's the, who's dragging down who? Um, is it more? Is it Trump? It's unclear. Um, but it, there is an interesting parallel where, you know, typically you would want the president to come and help you in your race, in this big race. If your whole state is the, most of your state is the party of the president, but. Uh, it's not the world we live in right now. He's a mystery. He's still thirty eight percent. I think Roy Moore would benefit from having Trump come visit because Donald Trump is not thirty eight percent in the state True. of Alabama, but True. he is thirty eight percent nationwide. He's still not Mister Forty Percent. No, the nickname that was nice. For it. Hail, halcyon it, days of when he was Mister Forty. But you know what? Forty uh, percent or thirty eight percent is lovely compared to what Donald Trump's approval rating is among millennials. Wow. I think there's like a book in there somewhere. Gosh. (laughs) This, there was an article that the Washington Post put out five days ago that was like young voters in Virginia were the decisive. And I'm like, hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the things I have been predicting forever. It's happening. Ron Paul, it's happening. Um, Golly. So there's a NBC Gen Forward poll. They do this poll with the University of Chicago's NORC. They do really good online polling of young people. Um, And what's cool about this study is they also try to make sure they have really robust subsamples of young Latinos, young African-Americans, young Asian-Americans. They weight the final data down to like the right demographic proportions, but you can look at subgroups and it's robust enough. Yeah. And they have Trump's job approval among millennials at 22%. Jeez. 
strongly disapprove is 46%, somewhat disapprove is 17%. But in what should be – That intensity – I mean – it, that is we need to pause on this. 6% strongly approve, 46% strongly disapprove. So I am in the process of writing a column right now that is, that is about this topic that is not the same like, hey, guess what? Republicans are doing bad with millennials because I, like, that's no been one, written no a million times and I'm writing it a million of one <laughs> time is not doing anything. But the idea is that like, no, okay, this is the one. This so is going to be the this one. Is, this will be the one. Uh, no, the, the idea though is that uh, so re- Republicans have shed so many millennials that actually who is left is fairly Trumpy. Like if right. you look at just who young Republicans are, like there's a reason why when I was in college, you were like what out there if you invited Ann Coulter to come speak on your campus. And she was even somewhat more mainstream-esque back then. Right. Whereas now like inviting like the just most wackadoodle of wackadoodle is like like a badge of honor for campus groups on the right now. And it's it's because like no one else I mean no one else is there. Yeah. They all the rest of them have left. And yes. so I am I am writing about that now. So you I it's today, boiled down to a concentrate. It's evaporated so much you're just left with this like exactly. reduction. Is, Republican is, reduction. Republican reduction. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna add that to the column. Thank you, Margie. No problem. Like a little like, <laughs> like demi gloss. Yes, exactly. Of, uh, of young <laughs> no, but it's it's that um so in this poll they then ask millennials though, do you think the parties nowadays are doing an adequate job. And so do you think the Republican and Democratic parties are doing an adequate job or is a third major party needed? And 71% of millennials say a third major party is needed. Adequate is a pretty low bar. Adequate is a low bar. And in this poll, it's – look, young people say that they don't think Republicans care about them. Surprise, surprise. We knew that was going to happen. But the numbers in this poll are not great for Democrats. It's only about half say that they think the Democratic Party cares about people like them. Um, there is, and the the hunger for a third party is greatest among folks, young people on the left than on young people on the right. Mm -hmm. Um, again, because young Republicans are down with Trump. And so the, the point being like, what are the numbers for a third party nationally? I don't think we've seen this in a while. Are, do they look like this or they, they don't. I don't think they look like this, but one of the things that Patrick uh, took a look at today, he just ran this cool analysis. We picked a handful of, of swing states um, like Florida, Colorado, Iowa. Really, the criteria was, are you a swingish state that has a really good voter file with this right. information available? Good. Uh, and just took a look at like people who are 18 to 25, like when they registered to mm-hmm. vote. And when they registered, what did they register as? And if you look back, like, across the entire millennial generation, so, like, the oldest millennials were registering in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And back then, slightly more Democratic than Republican, but, like, not a ton registering as independents. As of the last 12 months, the uptick in registration as independent is extraordinary. And it has mostly come at the expense of Democrats because Republicans were already at these, like – bottom of the barrel like lows that have just been it's been bad since obama got elected and it has not gotten better there's nowhere else to go i mean you could get to zero i guess but it's it's bad right but registration as a democrat which had kind of surged it surges during these presidential years because young people sign up because they want to participate in the primaries and stuff but it has now i mean 
registration as independence is now far outpacing either of the other parties in these key swing states among young people. So I'm normally a pretty big skeptic of this whole like, oh, a third party's going to happen. Right. But what's what we've got now is not satisfying the consumers who are out there. What and do so you if mean? I believe markets What's wrong? If I believe that people with the freedom to choose How and reallocate their our lovely political process. Because I'm a monarchist, Margie, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no, but I, I it's this is I mean, this is it should be a wake up call. Republicans already should know that they're in trouble. I'm tired of saying it. But but Democrats continue to have like not fully capitalized on it. But young, young independents are voting like young Democrats, so that's why Republicans. Are, are you screwed. doing? Are you gonna? But, are you gonna release like a paperback with like a new post twenty sixteen? We'll talk about it afterwards. You should do like a new like. Okay, here's a new edition. Nobody listened to anything. It's all still bad. <laughs> Buy it again. <laughs> I, I think that's on, how that on, works. On Cyber Monday, I did tweet out. That was the day that I think the Washington Post thing came. Oh, out. I did see that, and I was yeah. like, hey. Somebody may or may not have written a book saying all of this was going to happen. Yes. Surprise. Um, yes. Well, you have the comfort of being right, I guess. <laughs> Even if everything burns down around us all. Um, okay. So there's really not much left to do but eat our feelings some more. We thank you to the fine folks from the nationaltoday.com where they're always like a favorite end of show polls. Uh, all right, right, exactly. We um, have like of dubious methodology and <laughs> we don't care. Send it our way. <laughs> and it's coming up National Cookie Day on December 4th. Um, it turns out a third of Americans have eaten an entire package of cookies in one sitting. I feel like that's a little low. I feel like it should be higher. Maybe people don't. Maybe they're like shy cookie eaters. I refuse to believe that we live in a world <laughs> where a third of women are proposing to their boyfriends on National Boyfriend Day, and yet at the same time, only a third. I think of it Americans was like twelve percent, but I whatever mean, it was, it was still more than zero, which is what it should be. That 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 if that number is that high, and yet the number who confess to having eaten a whole box of cookies in a sitting is this low. So I I wonder then if they're using the same methodology in all of these polls, the same question wording, the same a sampling. They're literally just typing numbers into a press release <laughs> and sending them to us. And like Kristen and Margie always talk about how this. credulous we are, and we're like, we know this is methodologically nonsense, and we're just gonna say they're it like, anyways. Like national. Cookie Day headquarters. There's like a sign, like how many more days? Like countdown till National <laughs> Cookie Day, and they're like high fiving. It's like mega press day. <laughs> they're talking about our bowl. They, I mean, they criticize him. But they, they, Are you okay? <laughs> I, I think, I think Margie just broke, guys. <laughs> I think Margie just broke. I, there's no. Well, I have nothing else. Okay, it's just sexual harassment in this. Okay, what else am I gonna do? <laughs> Oh, what are our key findings, Margie? Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe you've overdone it on turkey, so may we recommend an entire box of cookies? There's no other way to get through all the sexual harassment polling. If you're confused about hiring in this new post-Me Too age, maybe try having some more women at the table. That's a good start. Or at a minimum, don't lock them in a room with a door with a lock on the door with a button under your desk. Yeah, that's Sorry. like very Mr. Burns-like, right? I mean, it's just terrible. Right? <laughs> anyway, um, but you know who's making things great again? Prince Harry. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter 
You, including Prince Harry, if you're listening, because we think you're great. You can find us on Twitter at at Sanderson. totally listening to podcasts right now. Hey, I may or may not have agreed to like participate in a BBC documentary about this election because I'm like, you know, who might be watching the BBC? You know? No, I'm kidding. That's smart. Actually, that is exactly what I was thinking. No, okay. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Sanderson at Margie Omero, at The Pollsters, www.thepolsters.com, or Facebook where we post links to things we find fun throughout the week. Thanks. Bye.